Welcome to KJV Cafe. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen. Each episode of the cafe is dedicated to studying the Bible verse by verse from Genesis through Revelation. Your host here at the cafe is Bible teacher Clark Covington. Looks like the coffee is hot and ready, so let's get started. Amen. Glory to God. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the cafe. Pastor Clark Covington here with another episode of KJV Cafe. I've got some good coffee in my cup. Columbia del Patron. Columbia del Patron. Hey, it is very good. Amen. Very, very good stuff. And uh, not too cold out today. So we're having, I mean, we're like a 10 out of 10 day here. You know, <laughs> we're doing pretty good. It's a 10 out of 10. And uh, look, I'm just excited to be here. I hope you are too. We are digging deep in the Bible here. Uh, we are coming up on our 30th episode in a few days. I cannot believe it. Uh, time is flying by, but we're going to wrap up Genesis 1 today. Amen. Uh, we're going to wrap up Genesis 1. So again, hopefully you are doing well and uh, just appreciate you all for listening and supporting the podcast. Okay, so here we have it. Uh, I'm going to start here in Genesis 1.27 and read to 31. That's going to wrap up this chapter of Genesis. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb-bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in the which is the fruit of a tree-yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat, and to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat, and it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good, and the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Amen. So today we're focusing on this idea of God providing plants for animals to eat, okay? And this is not just a factual statement that we see in the Bible. I mean, it says, very clearly in verse 30 of Genesis 1, and to every beast of the earth, to every fowl of the air, to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat. And it was so. And that word herb, as I, my research has shown, uh, means more like plant or, and they get very specific. You start reading about the original translation and so forth, means like vegetation. Our word might be vegetable or plant, okay? Instead of you thinking of an herb as like mint or if that's an herb, I hope it is basil or thyme or something. It just, it doesn't mean the animals just need to eat like these little herbs. It means they are to eat all the plants. Okay, so the, the factual statement here is that animals before a certain period were eating simply plants. They were vegetarians, right? Now, fast forward with me, okay, to future time, and we see Isaiah 11, 6 through 9. This is prophecy. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf and the young lion uh, and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. Can you see a little child? 
leading all of those animals? You'd be worried for the child right now, wouldn't you? Verse seven, and the cow and the bear shall feed, their young ones shall lie together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. And the sucking child shall play on the hole of, an, of the asp, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the cockatrice's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And we know the waters do a good job to cover the sea, don't they? They're, they're prolific. They're prevalent. And the knowledge of the Lord at this time will be prolific. It'll be prevalent. It'll be everywhere. And guess what? There'll be no more violence because if an animal were to eat meat, right? If an animal were to eat meat, what does that say about the, the animal? And what does it say about the source of the meat? If the animal were to eat meat, it must be getting meat from some other animal, which introduces this concept of violence, this concept of death. And that's what we're going to tackle as soon as we come back from the break. This episode, we're going to dive in deep and look at how before the fall of man, the animals were eating just plants. And to me, it looks like people were just eating plants and how things changed dramatically thereafter. Hang in there. We'll come right back. You're listening to KJV Cafe. We encourage you to look us up on your favorite podcast app and subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Now let's get back to some more in-depth Bible study. So we see here in Isaiah chapter 11, this prophecy of a future time where the whole world has full knowledge of God. We know that that time isn't right now because the world's acting horrible in a lot of senses. The church house has gone mostly empty and anemic. People aren't even going and pretending to know God or wanting to know God. They're just outright living boastfully. Uh, you know, and the Bible says that the end times will be like the times of Noah, right? Where they just did evil continually. And this seems like the times of Noah, where most people don't want to darken the door of a church, don't want to crack open a Bible, don't want to hear gospel truth. They hate the light because they love the darkness. That's what the Bible tells us. But how did we get here to this point? And how are we going to get back to a point where it was like in the beginning of creation? We got to the point of introducing violence and death at the fall of man. So what happened? Adam and Eve, they're in the Garden of Eden and Eve, but then Adam, but I always say Adam first because Adam's the head of the house. He's the man, but Adam and Eve eat of the forbidden fruit. And so you can't blame Eve because she's your wife. You both are in this together. You both eat it. You both do something God didn't want you to do. You both did something that God forbade you from doing. The devil has beguiled you and tricked you. And now there's consequences. Genesis 3, 17 through 19, and we'll dive deep into this when we get there uh, in the study. But for now, I'm going to read these three verses. And unto Adam, he said, this is God speaking, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow thou shalt eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground, for out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. And so when you see this passage of scripture, this is dealing with the curse, the curse of man. So we talk about fallen man, fallen Adam, the first Adam, the curse of man. That's what this is. God is placing a curse on Adam and Eve for their lives. And it's like one part of the curse for Eve was that pregnancy would be very difficult, 
uh, presumably before it wasn't. And anyone, not anyone, but most people that go through pregnancy, it's extremely excruciating. I remember uh, being married to my wife some years before we had our first child. And man, that was a shock. And the next one was even worse. And it was like, she, I've never seen her so miserable, to be honest. And we love our children and we, we, we thank God for them. Amen. I wouldn't even mind having another one. Amen. Hint, hint. No, but uh, we love our kids, but but pregnancy is excruciating. That goes back to the curse there in the garden. Um, we look around and we see violence. We see uh, the difficulties in life and in work. That goes back to the curse in the garden. And so prior to that fall of man, prior to that curse, animals were just eating plants. Once that curse occurs, now things, death enters the picture. And as I understand it, and I think this is very true, there was no death prior to Adam and Eve sinning in the Garden of Eden. So prior to the sin of man, death was was not a thing. There was no death. Adam and Eve were never supposed to die. Amen. There was never supposed to be any death. Death entered the picture when sin entered the picture. And when death entered the picture, all of a sudden, predatory behavior, you know, kind of the survival of the fittest mentality, all of these things started to bubble up. And that's when you start seeing this meat-eating culture, at least among animals. Some people think that man didn't eat um, uh, beyond plants until after the flood, because it says, thorns and thistles shall uh, it bring forth, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field, again, the plants. So it's going to be harder to grow them, but you're still going to eat them. But for animals, it looks like this is where the turn starts to occur. It, it, even if they're not eating meat, at this point, they're now violent, right? At this point, death has now entered the picture. And as we see this death enter the picture, we realize that, you know what? It's it's exhausting because it's not how we're supposed to live. It's not how we're made to live. And it creates a, a weariness often in the Christian. And God knows this and he gives us the comforter. And Romans 8 gives us an, an account of both the weariness and also if you keep reading Romans 8 past our little passage about the comforter God gives us. But Romans 8, 18 through 25 is going to give us some really good context as to what it's like to live in this fallen world. So that's Romans 18, excuse me, Romans 8, 18 through 25. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by the reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. And so Paul here is writing in the book of Romans about this idea of the curse and of the pain that we feel, and of the, the, the idea of travail, amen? And, and we see that idea of travail mentioned in Genesis 3. Uh, it, it's, it's mentioned here. Uh, because why? That's what happens. The wages of sin is what? Death. And once death enters the picture, it's going to get ugly and ugly and ugly until it can't be any uglier, amen? That's why 
in life, oftentimes, if you're not um, saved, you may really struggle to find peace. You may really struggle to find meaning in your life because what's going on? You don't have uh, the spirit, the comforter, and God's word to help you understand what really happened. Okay, because this verse, this passage of scripture starts out with, for I reckon the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. As Isaiah 11 points out, in the future, we're not going to have these problems. Okay, and I've heard deep preaching on this for years about like when you see an animal, oftentimes they're running away. What are they running away? And they're running away in fear, right? Uh, I mean, again, look at a deer, look at most, many animals, unless they're domesticated, they're terrified because they're constantly on the run from some other predator, right? We live in a world where, I mean, you know, we, we talk about now in this generation, how kids often have to stay home and, you know, do whatever they're going to play on their phone or whatever they're going to do because they can't go out because in past generations, you could go down main street or you could go hang out at the mall. You know, you could walk home from school, but it seems now in the days and age we live in, the things have become so corrupt and so violent that even that is not safe. Amen. I drive, uh, sometimes I have to drive to South Carolina for work and I'll drive by that casino, which doesn't even look, I don't even know what it looks like. You can take your best guess of what that looks like. Doesn't look like casino to me, but it is. And you'll have all these cars, people going in there gambling, which I believe is absolutely a sin. We should not gamble. It's not ours to win. You know, if we were to win that, we'd be taking it from someone that's not ours. And when we lose, they're taking stuff that really isn't theirs. And it's not good. It's not godly. And they will keep two or three or four police cars in that parking lot 24-7, and they'll have one just running its lights. Now, why are you doing that? You know, what what world do we live in? I remember one time I got to visit Mexico, and I went to get a cup of coffee, and there was a guy with a machine gun standing by the escalator at the, the uh, shopping center, uh, police, you know. What world do we live in? where it has become so violent and so corrupt that you can't even go get a cup of coffee. You can't even drive down the street without seeing these these just indications of fallen man. And we see that here mentioned at the end of Genesis 1, that animals were going to eat plants. And now you know very well, if you see an animal, a lot of times they're not eating plants. You say, that's it right there. God made everything a certain way and everything changed at the fall of man. And that's indicative there in the end of Genesis 1. Tune in next time as we start Genesis 2. I thank you so much for listening. Take care, God bless, and amen. Thanks for spending time with us today at the cafe. We would love to hear from you. You can email Brother Clark directly at clark at enduringpromise.org. See you again tomorrow, same time, same place.